This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Other states, so good morning. Glad you guys are with us. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and get moving on tonight. Today's message is going to be called, You Can Do It. You Can Do It. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write that down. We're going to have a few points that I'm going to encourage you to think about going beyond this. Um, before we get into the message, I do want to say this. I, I think it's so valuable in our lives, not only to open the Word of God, but to also get notes. Because every time you take notes, it gets into you. It gets thoughts. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the week, you'll just have this thought. And it'll be like, oh, at church, we talked about this. And the Lord's going to do something big in you because of that moment. And so I just highly encourage you, the more that you can think on the Word of God, the more that you're going to see that the Word of God performs true in your life. And so continue to lean into that and watch what God will do. So uh, before we get started, let's go ahead and pray and we'll get going. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, so much for the blessed opportunity to come into your house. Father, once again, we just want to thank you for the freedom that we have to come worship without reservation, without fear of death, without fear of anything. And so, Father, I know this. Your word is true, and it says, whatever we ask, we shall receive. And, Father, it also says, you have not because you ask not. And so, Lord, I ask right now for open hearts and ears to hear your word. I thank you, Father, whether they're in this building or at their home watching a live stream, I pray that you would lead them through the word. And I thank you, Father, you would touch their heart. Help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity giving me thoughts and ideas, things that I'd plan on not saying so the lives would be affected and changed. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We look for your peace and your guidance in all we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So there's two main points that I really want you to walk away with today. I want you to understand that there's a difference between faith and fear. See, I think a lot of times we have a mindset that we're living in faith but reacting out of fear. And it cannot go that way. You can't be fear and faith connected. It's, it's like light and darkness. When you bring faith in, fear runs. When you bring fear in, it has to slowly move faith out. And whatever you choose to feed, whatever you choose to get involved with more and more is the thing that will win the battle at the end of the day. And so one of the words that we hear a lot in today's society is a word called anxiety. I have anxiety. Now they're diagnosing it with medication and different things like that to try to fend off what's going on in your body. Well, every single time that we look at anxiety, it's tied to fear. Anxiety comes because of the things that we hear, the things that we think, the things that we're going on. And so if we don't change those things, we can't change the fear that's in our life. See, when I live in faith, I live in peace, supernatural undescribable peace. Even in the midst of chaos, you live in peace. It's amazing to me how God created everything uniquely, perfectly, and in order. In fact, in the midst of a tornado, the most peaceful you will find is in the middle of the tornado. It is the one spot where everything is calm. On the outskirts, it's going crazy. And you know what? Sometimes that's what life seems like. But that's why you find yourself into the middle. You get yourself centered on God, and no matter what's going on around you, you know that it doesn't matter because it's not going to affect me, because I'm centered on the one who created peace, the one who sets peace in the midst of chaos. And so I want you to think about those things as we go through today. You know, Philippians 4, 6 says, 
do not be anxious about anything. But in all things, see, I think we missed that part right there. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, present your request to the Lord. Do not be anxious about anything. But in all things, present your request to the Lord. That's what it comes back down to. It's through faith that we walk that out. And it's a choice that we choose every single day. I love where we start right here. Psalms 34, verse 1, it says this. This is David. And it says, I will... Praise the Lord at all times. That's a definite statement that he is choosing to make at this moment. This is not something, well, this is what you need to do. He said, I will praise the Lord at all times. He goes on and says, I will constantly speak of his praises. Verse two, I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Here's what he's stating right here. Listen, I will, I will sing of the praises, Lord. I will sing what he is doing. I will shout it from the rooftops. I will let him know. Because I know this, every time that I speak of faith, it builds my faith up. Every time I get around fear, it builds fear up if I keep speaking it. So I want you to think about this. You may say, well, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, it's very simple. When you've seen God do something amazing, you speak about it. And then it reminds you of another moment. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this time God did this. Oh, and I remember a time that God did this. And I remember a time that God did this. And eventually when you get to the end of all these things and you're talking about these stories, it drives you to a moment that you're going, oh, that's right. I know this. If God says he'll do it, without a doubt, he'll do it. If he's done it before, he'll do it again. If he's done it before, he'll do it again. And that's what you stand on. Yeah, but this is bigger and better. It doesn't matter. If he's done it before, he'll do it again. Because remember when we looked at that issue back then, when we looked at that mistake back then, when we looked at that situation back then, it was the biggest thing we'd ever faced. But yet God overcame it. And now we're in a bigger situation. We don't know how it's going to come, but it doesn't matter. Because I know when I was in that situation, God overcame, God can overcome this. God can overcome this. But if I choose to listen to those people and say, well, man, I'm sorry, your situation's unbearable. You can't get out of it. You're in it so deep. You're in a pit. You're in this. You're in that. Well, if I listen to that, guess what? Anxiety's gonna go up. Fear's gonna go up. And doubt's gonna come in. So I choose to listen to the Lord. If he did it, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. So we continue, and I love this, because he says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. And I love this part right here. Let all who are helpless take heart. What he's saying is, listen, if you don't have hope right now, if you don't have anything, don't speak. Listen to me, because I'll build you up in your faith, because you'll hear my stories, and you'll know how good God is. I love the story of King David. You know, the story that every child hears is the story of David versus Goliath. You hear it all the times. Man, they'll refer to it in football games. Oh, this is like David versus Goliath. Are they going to overcome it? Well, the great thing about this is that story, when you read it, David took five stones with him, right? King Saul tried to put his armor on him. They tried to give him weapons that they could defeat him. They tried to do all these different things and he realized in the end, this isn't me. If I'm gonna go face anybody, I'm gonna do it as me. I can't be you. I can't be like this person. I gotta be me. 
So he picks up five stones. And if you study into the, to the uh, Jewish history, the reason why he picked up five stones is because Goliath had four brothers that were at the battle. He didn't pick them up because he thought he was going to miss and he needed to be careful. He picked it up because he had a stone for each one of them. He knew all it takes is one. All it takes is one. See, that's the faith we're talking about right here. That's the attitude. I will praise the Lord at all times. I guarantee you. Hey, remember that time? Remember that time that we were at the battle? Man, I was shaking in my boots thinking about these things, but all of a sudden this peace came over me. And I said, Goliath, man, he was huge. Remember when I lifted his head up? Man, it was half my body size. But all of a sudden, but remember, remember when I threw that stone and it went to his head and he's talking to his guys about it. He's like, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. It's kind of like when you get together with family and they talk about old times. They talk about these things. And when they're telling the story, you're almost living in the moment with them. You can see it happening. You can see that moment in your head. And all of a sudden, if you had that same moment with the Lord, where you could see yourself in that moment. Oh, that's right. I remember that time that God did this for us. Oh, I remember that time God healed that person. Oh, I remember that time God saved me from this situation. Oh, I remember this. And another one jumps and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember when he did this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember when he did this. And all of a sudden, man, our group is just building faith. See, this is the decision we have to choose to make. We're gonna fill it with faith or we're gonna fill it with anxiety. So he goes on, he says, verse three, come let us tell of the Lord's greatness. This is where it comes, building it up. Let us exalt his name together. Verse four, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow or shame will darken their face. See, John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, yet I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. What does life to the fullest mean? Well, the Bible teaches it in John 6, 63, that the spirit created life. So we tie the spirit to that. Well, what's, what's the spirit? Well, the, to know the spirit, we've got to know what the spirit produces. What's the fruit of the spirit? Peace, love, joy, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, the peace of God is found in the Holy Spirit, which created life and life to the fullest. So in order to get life to the fullest, we have to submit unto him not unto them. And I think when we do that, it changes how we view things. See, there's an old statement years ago where an old man, he was a wise man, and people would go visit him and they'd ask him all these questions. How do we handle this? What do we do here? And so this man goes to him and he says, I feel like I have two dogs fighting in my life. One is this dog of fear, anxiety, doubt, stress, And he said, then I have another dog every day that I see fight that is of faith, of peace, love, joy, kindness. And every day there's a battle going on. And he goes to the wise man and he says, who's gonna win? And the wise man simply looked at him and said, the one you feed the most. So if you have anxiety in your life, then see what's feeding that anxiety. If you have faith in your life, see what's feeding that faith and build it up more. Those are the decisions we have to choose to make. See, fear, by looking at those around you for support and everything you might need in this life. But faith, that faith comes through the word. 
The Bible teaches us in Romans, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Here's the greatest thing about it. With technology today, literally, you get to hear the word of God. If you open up the Bible app, you can hit the little play button and just listen to the word of God. Even if you don't know what to do, put that on and listen to the word of God. And I guarantee you're going to start getting things. You're going to start getting it, whether it's through the scripture, whether it's through a thought, whether it's all of a sudden you feel like you need to write something down. I promise you, faith will start building in your life. So you can choose what voice you're going to hear and what dog you're going to feed. That's the decision we have right here. See, obedience is 100% faith in our lives. So I want you to get this. Obedience is 100% faith. So this morning as I was preparing and just kind of praying and spending some time, the Lord gave me this thought. And he said, you know, a lot of times when you're called to do something great in life, sometimes it's scary because you're not sure, am I really hearing from the Lord? Am I really hearing from the Lord? Just like King David when he stood before Goliath, I guarantee you, there's a, probably a little bit of doubt that was in his life. Ah, man, am I really doing this right? Am I really doing this? But instead of listening to that doubt, he spoke to his faith and he moved. So as, as we were talking, as I was kind of spending time with the Lord and he was kind of talking back and forth with me, he shared this thought with me. He said, obedience is 100% or faith is 100% obedience. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, obedience is just taking a step. That's all it is. And he said, think about it this way. He said, think about asking your son, your teenage son, to clean up the living room. And he said, most teenagers, what do they do? Listen about half the statement, right? So any teenage son would probably go, oh, he would hear two words, clean room. So I would leave and I would come back and I would go in the living room and it's a mess still. And I would say, hey, why don't you clean up the living room? And he would go, you said the living room? I went and cleaned up my room, which would literally be an act of God to get done if you've had any teenagers. You know that there's still miracles happening if that takes place. And I would go in the living room and I would say, yeah, well, this is what I asked you, but let's go look at your room. And I go look at the room and it's clean. And I'm going, the Lord said, would you be mad at him for cleaning his room? And I'd say, well, no, I would probably just say, well, man, I appreciate you cleaning your room, but this is all I really wanted you to do. And he's like, oh, I can get that done in five minutes. See, that's the way the Lord works. Was he 100% obedient to what I asked him to do? No. But he took what he thought he was supposed to do and was obedient to that. And the Lord said, that's all I want my children to do. Just take the step. Even if you're not sure, just take the step. I got gotcha. you. See, one of the things that um, at my office and at the school, sometimes they'll ask me, um, they'll come in and they'll say, we've got this problem. We've got this thing going on. What do we do? What do we do? And I'm, I, I always come back with the same statement. I look at them and I say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get that done. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but it's all this. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll get it done. I promise you. Watch this. We'll get it done. And in the beginning, they would look at me like I'm crazy, like there's no way we can get it done. But I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, we can get it done. No problem. 
Oh, we need to do this? Yeah, no worries. We'll get it taken care of. But we've only got a day. Ah, that's 24 hours. That's plenty of time. You know what happens when you hear somebody say things like that? All your worry and doubt starts to disappear. You're like, huh, maybe we can do it. Huh, great. I'm a lot better now. Let's go do it. What I want you to understand is this. There's two ways to look at every situation. I can get caught up in the details and look at it through fear. Or I can simply slow down, and if I need help, the Lord hasn't given me the wisdom on what to do yet, ask the Lord for wisdom and watch what he does. People look at me at the office and they say, you know, some people say you can look at the glass half empty or half full. They always tell me I'm looking at it and it's overflowing. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. They're like, everything you say is positive out of it. And I look at it and I take it as a compliment because I understand this. I can look at it through faith eyes or I can look at it through fear eyes. And I choose to look through faith all times. And you know when you look through faith? It's always positive. It's always good. It's always good. But it's who I also choose to look it through. That's the decisions we have to choose to make. If you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. And I want you to think about this statement. As we walk through this, I want you to ask two questions of yourself. I want you to ask the question, this first one, and then I'm going to ask the second one after we finish reading this. Can I trust the Lord? See, here's the thing about this. That's your answer. I can't tell you how to answer that question for your life. You can't just have a church answer either. Because if you have a church answer, then your life's going to reflect that. Can I trust the Lord? If you say yes, then every part of your life should reflect that answer. If you say no, that's okay. Because now we know where to start. And you have to answer the question, then why? Why do I trust the Lord? See, when you become real with the Lord, the Lord becomes real to you. Let's read. Matthew chapter 3. This is a story of John the Baptist. You know, in life, you're called to do some things that are very, very hard at times. But when you walk in it through, walk through the situation with the Lord, there's a lot of peace and a lot of amazing things that can come out of it, even if it's hard. I can tell you story after story about what God's done in my life because I've trusted him. Well, it's the same thing with John the Baptist. He was brought on this earth, Jesus' cousin, right? He was brought on this earth to pave the way and set the way for the Lord to come through. So this talks about verses one through six, kind of talk about um, John. When I read verse four, man, it messes with me every time. It says, John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair. Has nothing to do with this message. But every time I read that, it makes me want to itch. I don't know about you, but I, I just think what camel hair, like I've ridden on a camel before and that does not feel like that would be a comfortable thing. But I don't know, maybe it was. Anyways, back to our message. Verse seven, it says this. But when he saw the many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. He said, you brought of snakes, he claimed. You warned, who warned you to flee the coming wrath. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. I love that statement. You say you're a follower of Christ. You say you've repented. Then prove it by the way you live. 
See, I think they created the original Monopoly game before anybody knew there's a Monopoly game. The get out of jail card. You know, like, hey, I can do anything I want because I've got this little card that'll get me out of jail anytime. It says, child of Abraham. Not child of God. It says, I'm a descendant of Abraham, which means I'm a chosen one. Which means I can do anything I want as long as I have this card, I've got a get out of jail for free card. They had more faith in that card than they did in the Lord himself. They leaned more on that than they did on the Lord. So, this is where they're at. So we go on. This is proved by the way you live that you've repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe for we are descendants of Abraham. Remember that card? Oh, I'm safe. I got this card. That means nothing for I tell you, God could create children of Abraham out of those very stones. Verse 10, even now the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree. See, this is what he's getting back at. Not just you Sadducees or Pharisees, not you Gentiles, not any. He said every. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. See, if a tree doesn't produce what it's created to produce, what he's stating is, is the tree has now become useless. So there's no reason for it to be there. What he's talking about is you and I. See, we are created to produce something in our lives. That's why we were created. The Bible teaches us that God knit us in our mother's womb. He knit you together. He knew from the moment you were born to the moment you die, he's known everything. And he's given you a purpose and a plan. When you were a child, you were given dreams. You were given visions. You were given a purpose on this earth. And through life, maybe that purpose has become very, very small. What used to be a giant fire burning passion has become a small flicker. Maybe it's an I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But you do know. Because if I went back to when you were a child and asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? And I asked you the question, why do you want to do that? If you answered with passion and purpose and desire behind it, I promise you, you would find exactly what God had called you to do. I figured this out when I was about 20 years old. The Lord gifted me for one major thing. I want you to get every person in your life to the aha moment. That's my passion. I don't care what I do. That's my passion. What's the aha moment? It's the moment where all of a sudden it all clicks together. It's the aha, now get it, moment. That is why I do whatever I do with that driving what I do. If I go hang out, if I coach, if I talk, if I teach, if I'm just around somebody, I want them to get to the aha moment in their life. That's my passion. You have a passion also. You have a desire and a driven thing that is in deep inside you that you are choosing to walk out or not walk out. See, what it comes back down to is if I don't know the Lord, then I can tell you this. I'm not gonna see the Lord as the right person. I'm not gonna follow after him. See, and I can explain this by two simple stories. The first one is this. 
I've shared this story before, but I think it's one of the greatest illustrations of the confidence in a father. My daughter was very young. We used to live on a two-story house. And when she first started to walk, you know, you, you would have the gate up so they wouldn't fall down the stairs when they're crawling and things like that. But when they start walking, you give a little bit more confidence, take the gates away, and they can kind of go up and down the stairs. You teach them that. When my daughter was very young, when she was two, she would get to those stairs and she would stand there. And she would wait. She would look around and see if her mom or I were coming. If we were coming, she would stand there and put her hand up in the air just like this and hold on to the wall. And the moment we would grab her hand, she would let go of the wall and she would fly down those stairs as fast as she wanted. But when no one would come, she would do one of two things. She would either get down on her hands and knees, turn around backwards and like babies do, slide down the stairs all the way down. Or she would grab onto that rail and she would slowly take steps. I mean, I like, like she would just very easy, caution every step that she took down the stairs. A, I, what would take a 30 seconds took like a 15 minutes now because she was so careful getting down those stairs. But I remember a moment on a Sunday morning, she's dressed up and I'm walking over there and I came up and she had her hand up and she said, Daddy. And she grabbed my hand and I remember she had just learned to jump downstairs. So I'm thinking when we get down to the bottom, she's going to jump like she always does. No, no, no. She gets from this top, so instead of taking a step forward, she takes a step back to create some momentum and leaps, takes off, and I'm like this. Like, I'm expecting her to take a little step right there, and I do one of these moments right there, and I reach out, and I grab her, and I pull her, you know, I catch her in the air, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. we can't jump from here. You got to wait till I get downstairs, and I walk her downstairs, and she's just bouncing as she goes down the stairs, like bouncing exciting, not literally bouncing down the stairs, but... What it did was when she had my hand, her confidence shot through the roof because she knew that I had her. See, sometimes in life, we, don't, we aren't sure God's really with us. Is God really gonna be there if I take this step? Is he gonna walk this out? And you may sit back and say, yeah, that's in those moments, maybe I'll trust the Lord. See, and I think we deal with stuff too much. I'll just deal with it. I'll just deal with it. Man, the word is true. It says you have not because you ask not. And it also says whatever you ask for in my name, I'll give it to you. So with that thought in our minds, this last week I was at, uh, we do a high school retreat. And I was up at this high school retreat and at this retreat uh, place, they have frisbee, uh, frisbee golf, disc golf. And I used to play when I was younger and hadn't played in a long time. And I had some of the guys that were there said, hey, come play with us. Come play with us. So we went and played. And uh, the problem was I didn't bring any of my own discs. So I had to borrow discs. So Mr. Havens, who's in the service today with us, let me borrow a couple of his discs. And he left us and went to go rest because he'd already played for a while. And so I'm borrowing two of his discs. And I'm going through. And my aim was not very good at this moment. And so I figured out how to throw it a little bit better, and I, I, I started going on. Well, two things have happened this summer in Texas. As you've noticed, we've had a lot of rain. When you have a lot of rain, weeds grow up, bushes grow. Everything grows bigger, better, because it's Texas, right? Everything's bigger, better, it's Texas. So we've got these weeds that are in this, like, ditch that is where they put all the holes. And so 
we go up there and we start throwing these things around. And all of a sudden, man, I threw one. It was great. Except it went over the hole into this giant set of weeds and bushes. And it's down in this like little ditch area. Fortunately, there's no water in the ditch. But you know what happens when you have a lot of water and you have these weeds and let's just say mosquitoes start to thrive and they become like birds and they fly around and they suck everything out of you that they can possibly do. You know what I'm talking about when you get down there. And so I throw this disc, it goes down in there and it gets way in the weeds. And now let me tell you what my first thought is. My first thought was apologize and go buy Mr. Havens a brand new disc. Just forget about it. But I was like, I can't do that. I got to get him his disc. He's let me borrow it. I've got to do these things. So I'm digging through this stuff. And the guys that are with me are digging through this. Well, you know what happens when you get into those weeds where the mosquitoes live? It wakes them up. And you know what they start doing? They start feasting on you. It's awful. So I'm slapping. I'm going through these things. In the back of my mind, I'm going, this is not worth it. This is not worth it. This is not worth it. But I'm, in my heart, I'm going, I can't borrow something and not give it back. I mean, I told them I would get it back to them. And so we're going through these things. Literally 10 minutes into this, we're searching through everything. And the thought crosses my mind, the Lord knows everything. And I'm like, why have I not done this? See, here I was just dealing with things. Instead of slowing down and saying, Lord, you know all things. You know exactly where this disc is. So Lord, I'm gonna ask that you show us where this disc is. And so I just said a silent prayer. I said, Lord, reveal to me or the guys that are with me where this disc is. And we're walking through and literally walked right back over right where we were at 30 seconds after I said that prayer. And the guy goes, hey, I found it. I'm like, thank the Lord, thank you. And so I get it. I get out of that stuff and I'm like, whew, not gonna do that again. Guess what happens the next time I throw the disc far? Goes in another set of bushes. So what do we do? We forget about what just happened. And we walk up there and we start searching through there, doing all these things about two, three minutes into it this time. Fortunately, I can learn. Two to three minutes, I finally stopped. And I said, Lord, please help me figure out where this disc is. Show me where it's at, where it's going, all these things. And I had another buddy looking. And all of a sudden, literally, I took a step, moved some things. After I said amen, I took a step and there it was. It was right next to where I was, but I would have never seen it had I not slowed down and just asked the Lord for help. See, too many times, that's the way we live life. Is God really going to do that? It's a disc golf. But I will tell you what, Mr. Havens is glad he got it back. So therefore, I'm glad I got it back to him. And I think that's the kind of decisions that we have to choose to make. Do we have confidence in the Lord that he really cares for us? That he cares about anything that we're doing? Does he care about the little and the big? Or is it just the big things? See, it all comes down to how you view him. Are you going to be like my two-year-old daughter? trying to walk the stairs by herself? Are you going to get the confidence that you can get when your dad is holding your hand, knowing that he cares for everything? See, we can't ever lose trust in God. If he tells you to do something, go ahead and do it. Even if it looks so big that you think you can't do it, you'll be able to start out slow and start out small. The Holy Spirit will be there to help you guide everything. So remember the first question I asked you. Can I trust the Lord? Can I trust God? It's a simple question. Here's the second question. Can God trust me? I think those are two things that we have to ask ourselves every day. 
Lord, can I trust you for today? Can I trust you for this moment? Lord, I'm gonna do everything I can. Even if I mess up, I'm gonna slow down and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I made the mistake. Please forgive me, but this is where I'm at. Use me here. See, God only helps and promotes those he can trust. And you know how he learns to trust you? By taking a step. Remember, obedience is 100% faith. Obedience is 100% faith. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter two and begin to kind of close on this. I want you to think about how the Lord is walking us through this process. Ephesians two. Verse 11 is where we'll be at. And it says this, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. That you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcisions, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. See, you may have come in to a church before where religious people were at and said, you're not welcome. They may have treated you like you're not welcome in that place because you didn't fit the mold that they thought. When I read this, you're saying, I know what that's like. And I'll tell you this, there is no different from King David to King Solomon to John the Baptist to Peter to Paul than there is from any one of us. I can tell you this, King David, he had two arms, two legs, one head. Until he cut off Goliath's head, then he had a bigger one. But those are the things that we have. They're created, every person in this world is created with the same passion and purpose. We talk about those who are doing great things. You know why they're doing great things for the Lord? Because they took a step of faith. Some of the songs that we sang, if you'll notice down on the bottom, they talk about who wrote them. And one name that you'll see pretty consistently up there is a gentleman named Stephen Furtick. Stephen Furtick is a senior pastor of a church, a very large church, um, out on the East Coast. And he has different campuses elsewhere and stuff like that. But a lot of people look at Stephen Furtick and like, wow, he's just so gifted and so talented. And he is. But you know why he's gifted and talented? Because of what the Lord is doing in him. It's not because of anything he's done special except being obedient to the Lord. And if he were standing here today, he would tell you the exact same thing. When he wrote those songs, people may say, well, you're not a very good musician. But he took a step of faith and said, God, I believe that you're putting this on my heart to write songs for the world, to sing praises unto you. He wrote a song that speaks dear to my heart called Do It Again. And in that song, it says if he's done it once, he'll do it again. When I get stuck in moments, I play that song in my head. I'm an incredible singer in my head, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew that, but I'm incredible up here. It's like church angels singing right there. But I want you to think about this because it's not about what people say about you. It's about what the one inside you says about you. We go through this in verse 12. It says, in those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to, you, made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. That's where you're at. 
And I think every one of us can tell us that we've either are in that situation right now or have been in that situation before. The greatest conjunction for those English people, I think that's right, comes up very next. But, but the story's not over. But it's not done yet. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Verse 14, for Christ himself has brought peace to us He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Now for time's sake, I'm gonna zip through this, but I encourage you to go back and read this. If you have trouble understanding who you are in Christ, start understanding this is you. When you read this, but now I have been united with Christ Jesus. Once I was far away from God, but now I am brought near to him through the blood of Christ. That's how you take scripture and you apply it into your life. When you struggle in an area, stop saying you and they and start saying me and mine. This is my scripture. I will do this. Verse 17, it says, he brought the good news of peace to you Gentiles who are far away from him and peace to the Jews who are now near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. See, no matter the past, you are now chosen. John 15, 16 says, I chose you before you chose me. That's what the Lord said about you. You were chosen. See, God, as he has done everything you need when he made the choice to die on the cross for you and I. It's done. It's done. Yeah, but no, it's done. Yeah, but what about this? It's done. Yeah, but my past says this. It's done. It's done. He's been on the cross. You don't need to get on that cross. He did it all for us. It's just through humility and a simple understanding that says, Lord, I choose you today. I know you chose me. I choose you now. See, these thoughts were key to understand who we are. Verse 12 says, teaches us that we used to be hopeless but now we are filled with hope. Verse 13 teaches us that we used to be alone, but now we are united with Christ. And verse 14 teaches us we used to be in chaos, we used to live in chaos, but now we are living in peace. See, as we understand our Lord and Savior, everything will change about us. When we know the truth, we walk different, we talk different, we think different because we're led by a different source. Ephesians 3.20, which is just to your right. Probably if you're using my Bible, it's on the same area right there. You don't have to change the page. But Ephesians 3.20 says this, now all glory to God, who is able, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. This is the scripture that I have leaned into my whole life first scripture I ever learned in my life was Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 34 says, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Live for today. And then I've leaned into this scripture. 
So when I seek you first, now, he said that he would give me beyond my wildest dreams if I'll give it to him. Out of the Amplified Version, it reads this. It says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more. Super abundantly. That's not a common word you use every day. Who's your God? Oh, he's super abundantly giving more than I could even imagine or think. That's who my God is. More than we dare ask or think. Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. Infinitely beyond those. According to his power that works within us. Ephesians 3.20 out of the Amplified Version. I would tell you this. If you're struggling in who God is in your life, if you're not sure about the confidence and calling that he has for you, I would go to my computer, I would go to somewhere, and I would print this scripture out, and I would cut it out, and I'd tape it on my mirror. And every night and every morning, I would read that scripture, and I would know when he's saying, this scripture is talking about me. Now to him who was able to carry and do carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than we can ask or dare or think according to his power that works within us. Within us, within me. Out of the Passion Translation, it says it so well. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Never doubt it. Never doubt it. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. More than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo all of them, for his miraculous power consistently energizes you. It constantly energizes you. This is what it comes back down to. We have to choose who God is to us. See, God has a great plan for you and I. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter what you've done or not done. See, it's in this moment. See, and I can't remember what movie this was. I have have visions of movies that roll back in my mind all the time. Just scenes that the Lord will impart into me and keep me there. There's a moment in The Overcomer where the little girl is asked the question, who are you? Who are you? And there's one moment where she says, I don't know who I am. But then she starts figuring out who I am. She comes in and she asks the coach, coach, ask me who I am. He goes, okay, who are you? And she says, I am united with Christ. I'd love to pull out the whole thing for you, but I can't do that. I encourage you to go look it up. There's another movie and I can't think of what it is but there's a part in there and they're looking at the other person and I I don't remember the whole scenario of it, but there's one statement that's always stuck with me. And they said, but I missed the moment. And he said, the moment was just, it was just a moment ago. Yeah, but it was years ago. No, 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 it was just a moment ago. So you may say, well, I missed my moment. No, 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 it's not gone. It was just a moment ago. All God is waiting for you to do He said, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to do something great and I'm going to follow you. He's not asking you to build something amazing right this moment. It takes time. Start small, start slow, but start walking in the calling that God has given you. When you do that, I promise you, 
You'll love what you do every day. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what you have to do. You'll have passion to do what you get to do every day. It's a desire that comes only through him. God has great plans for you and I. And we will do amazing things in this life. But remember, it comes down to two simple thoughts. Can you trust God? And can God trust you? I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm gonna ask you to ask yourself a simple question. Holy Spirit, just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message today? I believe that there is no just coincidence. I believe everything is ordained by God and he sets amazing interactions up every day. And I believe that he's done this today with you. And so I'm gonna ask that question. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? I know this, at times life can become overwhelming. And sometimes we forget what our true source really is. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, I'm gonna ask you to ask yourself this simple question. Where am I today with the Lord? Where am I with my relationship with the Lord? Is my God just on Sundays and Wednesdays? Is my God just a Sunday morning God? Or does he stay with me every day of the week? Every moment I make a choice, I choose to honor him. I recognize him. I live for him. I do everything I can. You know, maybe even as we were talking through these scriptures and I was sharing stories, maybe you've had to answer that question. I don't know if I can trust God. I can tell you this. If you can't trust God, then you don't know God the way that I know God. And the way to know God the way I know God is not anything special, but it's by getting to know him through his word and through spending time with him. So if you're in this place with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you've accepted Jesus, but you realize, man, I, I haven't really trusted him. I want to make that declaration today that, Lord, I'm choosing to trust you. I'm all in. I'm 100% going in after you. Or maybe you've never made that decision and today's your day. So with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, if you're ready to make that decision in either one of those two categories, would you just simply do this? Lift your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to know who I'm praying with. Just lift your hand up quickly and say, that's me. That's me. Will you pray for me? I see those hands going up all over this place. Listen, don't sit back and think, well, no, 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 I'll do it next week. This is the moment that God created for you. This is your God moment that will start you on the greatest adventure and greatest journey you will ever go on in your life. So as I look across this room one last time, just lift your hand up and say, pray for me. I need that. I need that. Hands up all over this place. Making this decision to declare today's the day. I thank you, Father, for each and every one of these. If you're in this place, would you pray this prayer? If you have your hand raised, would you pray it loud enough you can hear it with your own ears? And those who haven't, don't have your hands up, would you pray this in encouragement to these others? Say this. Say, Father, I confess you today. As Lord of my life, I invite you 
into all areas of my life. Lord, I'm all in in trusting you. Lead me and guide me on this adventure. Thank you for loving me and for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I have one more thing I want to do, but I want to tell you this. If you lifted your hand and you prayed that prayer, please see one of our staff members or our ushers. They want to get you some stuff to get you set up on the right path going forward. So before you leave today, don't just say, oh, hey, I did it. I'm out. I'm good. Get some stuff that will set you up to be the best that you can be in the Word of God. That's knowing the Word of God. That's reading the Word of God. They will give you a game plan and a way to go. So please take time to do that. If you would, go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to do one last thing. I believe that the Lord has imparted amazing gifts and talents into each and every one of you in here. And I believe that he has given you a dream and a purpose and a passion. But I also know this, as the Lord spoke to my heart, there's a lot are in this place that have let that dream fizzle because they couldn't see how to make it happen. And I'm gonna tell you this, you can't do it on your own. The dream's too big. The dream is too great. But I know this, when you follow with the Lord, he's going to do amazing things in your life. And so if you have let that dream fizzle, the Bible says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but yet I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. And one of the best ways that you can get that dream fired back up in your life is by receiving prayer. So I'm going to ask our prayer team to come to the front. And they're going to be up here, and they're going to lay hands on you, and they're going to pray with you. And if there are staff members, I invite you to come up also to pray over each and every one of these ones. As we sing this song, do not sit in your seat and say, well, that was a good sermon. Get out of your seat. Come down here and get prayer and say, I just need passion reignited in my life for what God has called me to do. I know he can still do it. Yeah, keep coming. Come on, if you're down here, keep coming. Go find those people. Get prayer right now because God has amazing things he wants to do in your life and he's just waiting for you to take the step. This is the time right now. So as we sing, go to one of the staff members, go to one of the prayer team and ask them to pray for you and ignite you again. And watch what God does because this is the moment. Not we just passed it. This moment is where your passion gets fired up again and you see what God will do. Come on. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.